everyone. Thank you for joining this week's Women in Technology Spotlight. Today, I have with me an expert on B2B marketing, Hinara Neron. She has over 20 years experience in tech in both sales and marketing. She's a recognized leader in the B2B marketing space with an extensive domain expertise in the IT industry, particularly in SaaS. She's also an active ambassador for diversity and inclusion and women in tech. And if you're interested in learning more about her after the podcast, head over and subscribe to her weekly newsletter, Shortcutting the Lead Funnel. It's a pleasure having you here with me. Welcome, Hinata. Thank you so much, Ronka. It's a pleasure to be here. Hinata, you're a senior expert in the space, looking back at over 20 years of experience. You're now located in Germany, but I know you have international experience as well. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey into the marketing field. I'm not actually a typical marketing person in that I didn't study marketing. I actually came in with my love for technology. And this one is a very personal story. When I was a kid, my grandfather had an electronics store. And for my 12th birthday, I got a Commodore 64. And that came with this little booklet that you could program your own games. And this is what I did in my free time. <laughs> So I really, really started coding at a very early age. I didn't stay in it. I actually went into the design industry, particularly landscape and urban design and architectural history, but found out early in my career that this wasn't really for me. So I was actually very, very lucky with a fluke that I fell into the IT world through computer-aided design and spent actually the first eight years of my career in I, in mainly in sales of software. I dabbled a little bit with the development team and worked also with the marketing team a bit, but mainly really with a big focus on sales, large accounts. And then at one point after I'd been there about seven and a half years, the company was acquired. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do now? Well, marketing looked like fun. I'll try that. So that's how I started on my marketing journey. And what was interesting at the time was that, well, because I had come in from sales and international sales, and I was based in, in Germany at the time, the a natural transition was into field marketing. And field marketing was a lot about organizing events, working on a localizing collateral with the sales team, a lot of project management and, and so on. And swag, we all love swag. <laughs> and I always laugh when someone says to me, how are you going to make our company successful? I always say with t-shirts and stickers. I did this for a while and it was interesting to learn, but I think because I'd moved into marketing with a sales hat on, um, I was like, I want more in this role. And uh, this sort of was at a time actually when the tech industry was going through a, a huge transformation and especially in sales and marketing. So this is sort of how I landed where I am today. <laughs> That's such an interesting story and I love it because I talk to a lot of women on this podcast and usually they have no contact with technology in the beginning and then the kind of transition into the field. And with you, it's different. You already had contact with technology at a very young age with the Commodore 64, which I also love because it was the first <laughs> computer that I had hands on. <laughs> so that's already a little bit different from what others did, but it also emphasizes the point that I always have that the tech field is not necessarily only about tech, so that there's always something that interests you that you can do in combination with tech. 
So you already touched on the fact that being in sales before marketing gave you a different mindset and approach to the whole thing. What did you learn along the journey that helped you in your current role? What skills did you acquire? Um, I think some of the skills were to do with pertains to the marketing industry in general is how do you take something, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what vertical you're in, and turn that into a story, make that something interesting in order to, to generate demand for people to want it. And in the case of technologies, how do we translate this tech talk, as we call it, into, into something that everyone understands and also wants to have. How this art of storytelling, I think, is, is a really important skill to learn. The other thing that I really felt was very important for me was how do you put yourself in the customer or the potential customer's shoes? Because mm -hmm. When we think about marketing, there's a lot of activities going on from all different channels, but there is always someone who's at the receiving end of that email. There is always someone who's looking at that social media post, who's watching our video, right? Who's attending an event. What is their experience and how do we want them to feel about our organization, our company, our product? And this is sort of like something that I found was very, very important because in many cases, sometimes we just bombard people with information without thinking about how would you respond to it or how yeah. would I respond to it? What they get out of that. And you touched on something that I actually wanted to ask you. You touched on storytelling, which is obviously a big skill to, to acquire when not only doing marketing, but also sales. And the question I initially wanted to ask you was, do you think that marketing in the tech field is different from, from marketing in other verticals? Or is it the universal experience of telling a story and thinking about the recipient of that story and how you can actually make a connection to them? I think there are a lot of commonalities in, in the different verticals. I mean, at the end of the day, marketing is in essence marketing. We do have to tell a story. It doesn't matter what the product looks like. I think, though, that in terms of, of technology, when we tell the story, and especially like I work a lot with very large organizations, and I spent the last seven years in, in application development, in, in modernizing applications, working a lot with executives and for them they don't really care about what software is running in their organization they are looking at the organization from from a completely different perspective sometimes their issue has to do with people and culture like for example during the pandemic where everyone mm -hmm. suddenly went remote right digitalization skyrocketed right and now we're going back into this hybrid type of world so they have like different points that they are looking at so how do you sell them security or application development or you know whatever it is that you're selling we use words in in tech like kubernetes what is that <laughs> come from <laughs> like sometimes like and we don't think about it right because we live it but it's like what do we do with it and and how can it benefit not just a particular company, but also the greater community. And I think that is sort of the art mm -hmm. of storytelling that is very particular to technology. 
Such a good point. And you're right. I think what we tend to forget when we are in tech and we are thinking about marketing is we always think about the products that we want to sell to people, but we often forget to think about what is the value to the customer. And then it makes more sense to create a story around that. And then another thing I was thinking about when you talked about the C-level and the things that are driving them, I think another part of marketing is also understanding the, the values of the company, right? And being able to translate that into a marketing message because a lot of consumers nowadays, they also respond to the values of a company, not just to the products, right? Yes, they do indeed. I think that people are noticing that more and more, that the values of the company are very, very important that, that we bring across, but also bringing them in contact with, with other companies, bringing them in contact with their peers, where they can share experiences, where they can also share their values and see where there are commonalities there as well. So it's, I think that's very important. And that's also an interesting aspect, the fact that you have a community to share your thoughts and ideas around the products that you are selling. So that brings me to the next question, really, because I'm thinking about the skills that you need in marketing. And we talked about storytelling, but is there something else, maybe like community building, networking? What other skills do you think you need to be really successful in marketing like you are? Good question. <laughs> that I had written down. I mean, I think there are a lot of different skills that people mm -hmm. have. I know that my marketing operations they have a lot of skills in data. I like just looking at the data, but they have the skills to actually put them together and make everyone understand what is mm -hmm. happening, the data. And I think data is, is also very, very important because, for example, sometimes you might look at you know the way something is set up and it's actually not working. And then you actually need to be data informed to understand why something is working and why something isn't. That is, I would say, a more skill in terms of a particular part of the marketing organization. I think also that there are so many skills in marketing itself because there are so many different parts to marketing, right? I mean, we talk about branding and awareness, there's thought leadership, there's demand and lead generation, growth. I think marketing in itself has grown so much and um most of my personal experience has been in the tech industry. So I don't know how much it has transformed also in other industries. My only other experience was I had a short stint at the, at the Goethe Institute when I was back in Sydney. And that was very interesting because as a nonprofit organization, there was only so much you could market and it was very B2C. So it was very also like a commodity sale, which was very different to these long customer sales cycle and focusing on things like ABM and working also with different organizations, we work with sales, we work with the customer success. There, there are so many different areas. So I think yeah. that is, it's a very complex I, I can imagine that it's not easy to pinpoint a specific skill. I mean, I feel that you developed a lot of skills over the course of your journey, but I think there, there was also something that was initially there, right? That drew you into this field, wasn't there? Like some mindset. The reason I'm asking these questions, I'm trying to understand what kind of person would I motivate to go into marketing, for example? What would they bring and what would they develop along the way? For me, part of it was I missed being in a creative environment and also the design aspect, being very 
visual. I came from a design background. So that for me was something that attracted me to marketing in general. Marketing in the tech world was just, I guess, it could have been anything, but it was somewhere where I found myself because I have this passion for tech. I think that someone else might have a passion for, I don't know, fashion or for healthcare or anything in the retail industry or food manufacturing goods. I love looking at ads on TV and trying to understand you know, what is it that brought them to give us that message, right? But I guess I'm looking at it from, from different glasses. <laughs> No, I think that makes perfect sense. It actually means that what you need is, on the one hand, a passion for something. It could be tech, it could be something, in your case, it was tech, but it could be something else. And then you mentioned creativity, because, and that's some important to mention because you're in tech, and a lot of people don't associate tech with creativity. But I think it's important to illustrate that there is creativity in this space, and there is a way that you can express yourself, and tech is not just tech, like features and machines and whatever. It, it's actually... A space where you can develop your creativity as well and I think that's important to mention because you both and I we work on bringing more women into the field and I think one of the things that is keeping women away is the fact that a lot of women think that there is no place for creativity and it's all just about numbers yeah. and that's why it's important for me to have this conversation with you as well and it also brings me to the next thing so you are also very active in the whole diversity women in tech space and maybe you want to talk a little bit about what made you become more active there having started my career at the time when I started it it was a completely different space I mean we talk about there not being enough women right now in technology at the time it was it was even worse and over time I found that I was very, very lucky in like throughout my career, I always had someone who mentored me, whether it was me actively looking for someone or whether it came just because it did and gave me that opportunity. Like when I first joined that, that German company, Wiedemann System, I, I joined it, I took on a role to just translate some German software to English. And I thought it would help me to better my German and at the end of it, it was like a nine-month project. And then the managing director came to me and he said, Miss Neuron, what are we going to do with this product now? Because we have the software, we have a handbook. We still had handbooks in those days. <laughs> what, are we, what are we going to do now? And I just sort of looked at him and I was like totally blank. I was 25 years old. And he's like, well, we need to go sell it. And I was like, okay, let's do that. So I was very, very lucky in that. He gave me that chance. But I think we can't take that for granted. And, mm -hmm. and then throughout my career, I had other experiences and uh, some positive, some negative. But I was very, very lucky in that it, it wasn't always just women who supported me. It was also came from, from men. It was, it was really, really had something to do with someone saw something in me, which mm -hmm. I probably didn't see, especially when, when you're younger, right? You don't know what your strengths are, but maybe someone who has more experience and does see what yeah, where your yeah. strengths and your potential is and I think that was sort of more luck at the time um, it's interesting that sorry for interjecting but it's interesting that you should say that because my experience reflects that very much and it's quite obvious that it was mostly men that supported me because at the time there weren't any women around but it's very much that someone came and saw something in me that I didn't necessarily see myself and, and helped me be successful. Yeah. So thank you for, for mentioning that. Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. 
So, and then when I when I joined Pivotal in, in 2017, it was actually the first time that I came across a company that had this diversity and inclusion was really living it. It's like everyone was equal. It was just like, it didn't matter who you were, where you came from. And it was sort of like, I was like, wow, I want to be part of this. This is awesome. And so I joined the, the DNI Council for Europe. I was one of the German representatives. And, and then afterwards, started talking more and more about this. And then when the Women in Tech launched their German chapter in January this year, I saw an ad on LinkedIn. I was like, I'm going to this. And I went over there and I'm like, I'd like to volunteer here. I don't know what you need from me, but I'm here. <laughs> so... Yeah. So now because of the work that I'm in, I have a huge network in the IT industry, especially locally and I'm being in marketing. So I've been given the role to look for partnerships. So if any companies want to host meetups, so if they want to sponsor women in tech and in other ways, the go-to person for that. And I'm, I'm very happy to, I'm very proud I have to say, to, to carry that flag and also to give something back to, to the community and also to encourage young women today to like be bold, don't be afraid to ask, look for a mentor and use these networks because we didn't have them. You know? and it's interesting that you said about the feeling you had when you joined Pivotal, where everyone was equal. I think it's very hard to, to explain that feeling you have when you're in a space your voice counts the same as everyone else's. I think that's something that's very hard to relay as if, to someone who hasn't experienced that. And uh, I think that's such an important world to create, really, because, of course, you and I, we've both, both been successful in the tech industry, even at times, at the time when there were so few women around that you could, you knew probably everyone who was working in tech in the same country, at least in Austria, which was very small. But I think... People don't understand how many thoughts and ideas get lost in an environment that doesn't give you the chance to express yourself fully. And that's what the tech space is at the moment for many women, even though there are more of us, I think it's still a space where not just women, but other underrepresented groups. And even some men don't have the security to express all their thoughts and ideas. And we're losing a lot of, of great ideas and, and momentum here. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why for me, supporting women in tech is just sort of part of the way I look at, at DNI. Because sometimes with a lot of the messaging going on and the quotas, right? They're like a lot of companies are writing in their job descriptions. They encourage women to to apply for jobs because they've been given quotas and so on. But they should actually encourage everyone to yeah. apply for jobs. Absolutely. Especially at this time where we have this shortage of, of skilled people in the tech industry, we need everyone. We don't just need, of course, we need the women because that's biggest group that we can, can address, but we need everyone. That's also something I always say when I talk about this topic, that making the tech space more inclusive will make it more interesting for men as well. It's not just for the women, because I feel that a lot of men who would have something to contribute also don't join, because there's this, this certain image and stereotype around the space at the moment. I think if you don't have to be technical to work mm -hmm. in tech. And that is something that I think is, is really important to know because a lot of people yeah. think, oh, I have to understand 
how something works. And, and I'm always like, no, 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 just let me know high level. I've been in so many different parts of tech. I've been mm -hmm. in security and Wi-Fi. Give people like this chance to say, okay, it's a great industry. You're doing things which are changing the world. Right. Mm -hmm. I were talking about chat GBD before and mid journey and artificial intelligence. And that's sort of like a little bit yep. scary for some people, but on the other hand, it's just like about going and doing something. Yeah. The, the point about being part of change in the world is something I always mention when I talk in these spaces, because I feel that you have to understand that the utilization of the world means that tech is shaping the way we work, we think, we sleep, whatever we do. And we have to be a part of this and we have to make the space more interesting and more approachable and then also safer for women to a certain point. And that brings me back to, you said you joined the Women in Tech, the German chapter. And I think networks and community are such a big factor for women who come into the space. So it's such an important thing to do to create these places for where women can interact and create networks, right? Absolutely. And I think that they can really leverage that because you have a lot of people there who have the experience and the knowledge how to really give especially young women a chance to accelerate their career with something that maybe took our generation a bit longer. Yeah. They can get there a little bit faster just because they have the tools and they can go and ask for a mentor or it's even just advice. I mean, I think we've got one coming up, a meetup coming up soon where they've asked just some HR people to, to help the attendees with their CV writing. And then we're putting in them into breakouts where they pair and they can help each other with the CV writing as well. Because a lot of them were asking us, how, how can I get a job in tech? What should my CV look like? So they, they feel a bit lost on that level. These are the kind of activities that we're doing with them. And I think that that is very good. And it's, and it's so helpful because all these things we had to figure out ourselves that held us back for a certain amount of time, we can just jumpstart the career of these young women into the space. And that brings me to my last question, actually. So we talked a lot about this already, but is there some specific advice you would like to give a young woman coming into space, some, some tip or something that you want to share with us? I think I mentioned it before, be bold. Like, don't, yeah. don't, be, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask. You have no idea how many people I asked for advice when I went through the questions for today. <laughs> I was like, I was getting everyone to look at it and give me their advice. I'm, I'm someone who learned that you have to ask. People will always help you. And I think that sometimes, especially women, are afraid to ask. Maybe they're scared of looking like they don't know something or they don't want to bring that across. But you can't learn if you don't ask. I think that's a very important thing to understand that you have to ask questions and that you have to take the risk of looking like you're incompetent because that's I think that's what most people are afraid of. That's why they don't ask questions and especially yeah. women. And actually understanding that asking a question minimizes the risk of being incompetent is such an important thing. To so yeah, thank you for that. And thank you for taking the time to talk to me. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank no, you. It's Nina. been wonderful being here. Thank you so much, Anka.